Welcome to Mulready Minutes with Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. This is a podcast about insurance for insurance folks, risk managers, and business leaders. We'll dive deep and look at what is and isn't working, talk to leaders in the industry, and keep you informed on what's happening in Oklahoma and around the country. Welcome to another Mulready Minutes podcast. Uh, I'm excited today. Uh, I'm always excited to do a podcast, but uh, today we get to have a, a good man and a good friend of mine and a good friend of Oklahoma's. And so I will quickly read you his bio. We have Buddy Combs with us today. Uh, Buddy is with One Share Health, and uh, he joined them in January of 2020, serving eight years at the Oklahoma Insurance Department, ultimately as first deputy commissioner and chief of staff. Buddy's background in health insurance and the oversight uh, thereof is extensive. Today, Buddy is responsible for overseeing the operations of the company's compliance, contracting, and legal teams. This includes handling member complaints that come through departments of insurance, the Better Business Bureau, Attorney General Office, as well as the review of all legal matters within the organization. Once a leadership member at the Oklahoma Insurance Department, Combs also has extensive experience in the drafting and development of legislation related to health care and health insurance issues. And in fact, that's when I met Buddy, uh, as I was a state legislator and handling a lot of uh, insurance issues uh, just across the street at the Capitol. And uh, we worked on a lot of different pieces of legislation. And uh, so Buddy is a, a really sharp attorney, sharp guy, and we're here to talk about kind of where he is now and, and learn a little bit in an effort to uh, educate consumers on, on healthcare sharing ministries. So Buddy, we read your bio, but what else What else don't we know about Buddy Combs? Uh, well, that's a good question. I'm a lifelong Oklahoman, grew up in Tahlequah on the east side of the state, uh, went to the University of Oklahoma for college and for law school, so I'm a a sooner born and bred uh, until the day I die. Uh, I've only had uh, one job before uh, the job I have at One Share Health. That's eight years I spent at the insurance department uh, working for John Doak first as the insurance commissioner and then ultimately working for you when you became commissioner. Um, I did a lot of different things at the department. Best job you ever had. Best job I ever had, no doubt. Uh, Best job I ever had. Uh, Did a lot of different things. Uh, Started in the legal division doing bail bonds regulation, insurance agent regulation, some financial regulation. You name it, I did it uh, at the insurance department. Eventually took over the legislative side, which you mentioned, which is where we met and became friends um, when you were the chairman of the House Insurance Committee. And we did a lot of things together over there. And then um, eventually became chief of staff uh, at the end of my uh, career at the insurance department before I went to one chair to work there. So personally, just for fun, yep. you have a family. I do. Wife, Kara, two girls, seven and four, about to be eight and five, uh, grown up fast, Abigail and Sydney. We live in Edmond, uh, make our, our family up there. And yeah, Good deal. We're, yeah. yeah, sweet girls. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about healthcare sharing ministries. Sure. You have One Share Health is a healthcare sharing ministry out of Dallas, I believe, right? That's and, right. And so, um, first of all, what is just in general terms what is a healthcare sharing ministry so a healthcare sharing ministry is a group of people that come together to share each other's medical expenses uh, differs from health insurance in that uh, healthcare sharing ministries don't take on risk they don't contract uh, they don't there's no promise to pay no guarantee that medical expenses will be paid it's really just a, a large group of people that come together to share each other's medical burdens 
um, really originated um, in churches, uh, in kind of the tradition of passing the hat around when people had medical problems, and over time became more formalized and more structured, and people started to put together actual organizations that did it, not just at, at the local church. Um, and, and a lot of the healthcare sharing ministries around the country now are, are very large. Uh, there, there are a couple that are 400,000 people. Ours is uh, about 36,000 uh, individuals at this point in time. Uh, and it, it's really just a way for people to come together to share medical expenses um, as they come up. Yeah, I think your example of uh, the old, I don't know, Deacon Bob standing up at church and announcing that Joe fell off the ladder and hurt himself, we're going to pass the bucket around to help him pay for his medical expenses. That's exactly what a healthcare sharing ministry is in, in a more formalized uh, approach to that. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Uh, we like to say that we are bringing 21st century technology to a 15th century concept, oh, which is, you know, good. instead of passing the hat around, we pass the hat around and, and then um, pay those medical expenses as they come up. Yeah. And a key part of that that folks need to understand is just like if you were in the church setting, there's no guarantee that that money's going to be there to cover all those expenses or what. I mean, you're going to pass it around and, and hopefully that'll take care of that. So that is a key difference between insurance with a, as you've said, promise to pay. And I should say at this point, too, the insurance department does not regulate healthcare sharing ministries. Uh, they fall outside of us. I thought it was important to talk about it, though, because it is very similar to health insurance. Folks sometimes confuse that, so we'll help educate folks on exactly what it is and, and what it isn't. So how many healthcare stream ministries are out there. I mean, what, what's that look like from a number standpoint? So there's a lot, actually. It's uh, And it's interesting because they're all different shapes and sizes and, and types of operation. Uh, there are 108 healthcare sharing ministries that are certified by the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services as meeting the Affordable Care Act definition of an HCSM. Uh, that's been in existence since before 1999. So I was going to jump in. and okay. so, so speak to the Affordable Care Act, because that is important. A lot of folks don't understand, even folks that may not like health care sharing ministries, that it's in the Affordable Care Act. That's right. Um, so a lot of people will remember one of the most controversial parts of the Affordable Care Act was the individual mandate, the requirement in law that everyone has to purchase health insurance or face a penalty. Uh, an exemption to that mandate was for healthcare sharing ministries that met certain requirements set out in the ACA. So that's really where it comes in. So for several years, CMS was designating or certifying HCSMs that met those requirements. So individuals that were members of those organizations were exempted from the individual mandate. You did your taxes at the end of the year uh, and you certified that you were a part of one of those healthcare sharing ministries. You didn't have to pay the penalty that came along with not having insurance. So it was very, very important and actually created a lot of legitimacy for a lot of HCSMs around the country. So there are 108 that were certified by CMS. There are actually more than that that are out there now. Um, since the individual mandate uh, was nullified, essentially, and, and zeroed out and doesn't exist anymore, that's not necessarily as much in play, but it's still really kind of the measuring stick for healthcare sharing ministries across the country. So there's 108 that were certified by CMS. There are only about six or seven that are big nationwide HCSMs. The rest of them are, are kind of small, regional, or or single church healthcare sharing ministries that uh, are often uh, Mennonite or Amish mm -hmm. or, or something like that, um, that are you know just 100 people, maybe 200 people that come together in a church. Yeah, I know they're big in that Amish and Mennonite community. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I would guess from what I know, out of probably the top six or seven, 
that's probably 90% of the volume, if you will, of what's happening out there in, in healthcare streaming issues. It's probably even more than that. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say it's probably at least 95% of the individuals that are in an HCSM are in the top six or seven. Got it. And there was a there was a date certain within that certification with the ACA too, correct? As, as mm-hmm. far as it had to be established by a certain date. Yeah. December 31st, 1999 was the date that was set out in the ACA. Uh, they had to have been in existence since then and sharing continuously since then. So ministries that came along after that uh, do not meet the ACA requirements. Now, that doesn't mean that they're illegitimate. It just means that they don't meet the ACA requirements. Several state laws have actually incorporated those ACA requirements into state law. Uh, Washington is a good example that they have a law in the books that says, you you know, these entities are not uh, health insurance, not to be regulated by the the health, uh, the insurance commissioner, if they meet the requirements of the Affordable Care Act. So even though it's not being enforced at a federal level when it comes to when how people pay their taxes, uh, it's been incorporated uh, into several state laws. So it becomes, you know, how healthcare sharing ministries operate around the country. So it's certain states like Washington, this is their way of sort of closing the gate behind them, I guess, and not allowing new, new ones in? That's right. Um, so that's that's been a big a big deal among HCSMs is, uh, you know, individuals or groups that want to get into that space uh, often find it difficult because of, uh, you know, the, some, they pulled the ladder up behind them when that law got passed. Um, there are some new ones that do a really good job. Um, that, that really take care of their people around the country uh, that just don't meet that federal definition. Yeah. Well, and again, I might say we, we don't regulate healthcare care ministries, but here in Oklahoma, at least, my perspective is uh, I've always been what I like to say is all of the above sort of sort of guy. And so, uh, you know, giving folks choices, and even if that is outside of the insurance world, if it's meeting their needs and they know what they're buying, what they're getting, what they're not getting, uh, that that's important. So that's kind of been our position. Tell me about how that plan is administered. So we've talked, you know, about passing the hat, but but what does that exactly look like? Because I know they don't all do them exactly the same. Um, and, and I might add, just a personal story, I'm going back a long time ago, um, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, and my father-in-law was, was on a healthcare sharing ministry, and my father-in-law was not healthy, uh, which is why he needed he couldn't get health insurance because of his pre- pre-existing conditions. That's now been addressed, but uh, so I—that was my pers- personal first-hand experience. Was and, and he had, uh, you know, heart surgeries, open-heart surgeries. He had amputations, all that were covered, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars covered by his healthcare sharing ministry back with that when. So I know it can work, and I worked well for them during that season of, of, of their life. But tell me about how they administer them differently. Well, th- there's a few different ways, and, and that's one of the interesting things about the HCSM kind of marketplace is that they're all a little bit different. Some of them are more traditional, uh, where literally you're matched with another individual in the HCSM who has a medical need, and you you will literally write your check that month to that individual. Um, so it's it's you know direct member to member sharing of dollars. Other healthcare sharing ministries will have individual accounts set up for their members. So when you pay your monthly share amount, it goes into an individual account that that you own that then they use to to go share with with other members. Uh, probably the most common way that that HCSMs do it uh, is they will take the monthly share amount that comes in, you know, use a portion of it for administrative costs, and the other portion of it will be set aside for the sharing of medical expenses, essentially held in trust for the benefit of the membership, and then uh, sharing requests will be paid out of that. So there's lots of different ways they do it. Some of them are are really old school, and and they are writing checks to each other and writing notes to each other, and some are are more modern and uh, using, you know, a dedicated pool of funds held in trust for the membership uh, in order to pay sharing requests. 
Got it. Yeah. You know, in, in my personal experience that I just spoke of, at that time, it was, you know, my father-in-law was receiving checks from all over the country, mm-hmm. you know, whatever their their monthly amount was, uh, they were sharing that with them with, and, and they enjoyed that part of it, you know, getting a note from someone that, sorry about your surgery, or, you know, we're praying for you, that sort of thing, that just yeah. that encouragement was helpful. But especially, it's right after someone's had some incident, typically, right? It's not like life's just rocking along. Yeah. So... If I'm an individual and I'm um, looking for health insurance or other alternatives, is is healthcare stream ministries available on the marketplace? Not available in the marketplace. No. no. So you're going to have to go outside the marketplace. You're going to have to go look for those uh, specifically and individually. Um, and it's probably best that they're not, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, it, it, one of the things that we run into as an HCSM is sometimes there's member confusion about what we do versus what insurance companies do. Uh, we really don't want to do anything to add to that confusion. So uh, I would not necessarily be an advocate to put those on the marketplace or, or anywhere near it. Um, it's, it's really an alternative for people who want something different, want something else. Um, you know, a lot of people, they, they want to find a way to, to get some help with their medical expenses, but they don't like the traditional insurance market, or they want something that matches kind of their values and their belief system and maybe doesn't share or, or doesn't provide coverage for certain things that they don't necessarily believe in. That's where an organization like ours can come in and, and kind of fill that gap. But it's really important that, that consumers know exactly what they're purchasing, exactly what they're getting into, um, because it's very different than insurance. You mentioned earlier, no promise to pay no obligations, that we don't take on risk. It's important that consumers know that when they get into it and they know exactly what they're getting into. Yeah. Well, and we've got something coming up that probably will be for another show, Uh, but uh, I've been referring to it as the perfect storm for individual health insurance. The public health emergency is about to end. In fact, it's scheduled to end on Saturday, but I think all indications are it will be extended another 60 or 90 days. But once that ends, there'll be a flood of people coming off of Medicaid. Basically, during this public health emergency, Medicaid agencies have not been able to disenroll anybody. So if someone got a new job and they were suddenly making more money and not eligible for Medicaid, they were not allowed to be removed from Medicaid for the last two years. And so uh, the numbers I've seen are about 15 million people are going to be coming off nationally of uh, Medicaid, and they'll be looking for coverage. We're working with our healthcare authority that meant to try to direct people, and we're creating a separate website just to try to help folks with that. But anyways, into your marketplace, sorry, small m, <laughs> not the marketplace, but there'll be a lot of individuals looking for um, health insurance. And additionally, at the end of the year, we have the ARPA subsidies that's that right. have been increased for a time frame, and those are set to expire at the end of the year. So that's what I'm referring to as the perfect storm of a lot of folks very probably rolling off uh, having health health insurance coverage, health care coverage, and uh, they're going to be looking for uh, alternatives. It, it's very true. So we actually saw a, a pretty big difference in uh, our marketplace, if you will, uh, due to the increased subsidies for the Affordable Care Act coverage. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who kind of were in the healthcare sharing ministry segment who uh, are you know, self-employed. They don't get uh, employer coverage. They might have made too much money previously in order to get subsidies on the ACA. So they were looking for something else. Um, when those subsidy numbers, uh, you know, at least the, the threshold came down and the, the subsidies increased uh, over the last year, a lot of those people who would end up uh, in a healthcare sharing ministry ended up w- with ACA coverage, um, which if it works for them, that's great for them. But we are, like you said, going to see a lot of those people when those subsidies come back off, uh, look out there looking for coverage again. Yeah. So we've established that we don't, at the insurance department, regulate healthcare sharing ministries. So who does govern or regulate 
healthcare sharing ministries or if there's a problem how does that what's that look like so there's there's two main entities right now the, the very first one is state attorneys general we are subject to consumer protection laws state charity laws because uh, almost all of the the HCSMs are 501c3 nonprofits, so we're a religious charity. Uh, so we're going to be subject to the the whims or the oversight of the state attorney general. Uh, the other one is the IRS. We we file uh, every year our uh, 990, so our tax exempt uh, tax return, and and we're subject to uh, the IRS requirements on nonprofits. You know, oversight governance, financial controls, audits, things like that, that's all uh, governed by the IRS. But um, you mentioned, and we've, we've both mentioned several times, that we're not regulated by the insurance departments, but we do from time to time get consumer complaints, member complaints that go through the insurance department. And when we try to treat those just like we would uh, anywhere else. So even though an uh, insurance department doesn't have regulatory authority over an HCSM, we, you know, we, we want to respond to those questions that they might have when a consumer complains and, and get to the bottom of what that complaint entails and, and if we can fix something. So even though the OID or, or another insurance department doesn't have direct oversight, we're very responsive when consumers do reach out to them. So I know that you you personally have been working over, but also the industry has been working on uh, sort of p- potentially establishing an accreditation so that, you know, for lack of a better term, folks could know there's a good housekeeping yeah. seal of approval on, on that HCSM and how they operate, uh, but also, uh, you know, an accreditation process, but also maybe an association, just kind of, so you can kind of get your messaging out there and keep that consistent. Tell us about that. That's right. Uh, there, there is one big main association, the Alliance of Healthcare Sharing Ministries. Uh, we are a member of that. There's, I think, five uh, of the six or seven large nationwide HCSMs are members of the Alliance. Uh, but that's been a huge question we've we're, we've received from legislators and from regulators across the country over the last couple of years is, what's the oversight of these entities? How do we know that they're fiscally sound? How do we know that they're operating in, in a good way and taking care of their consumers? And so the Alliance has worked very hard to stand up a separate uh, entity that will do accreditation. Now, it's not controlled by the Alliance. It's not uh, any of those things. It has a separate standalone board that answers to no one except the organization that is going through an accreditation process. And we're actually going through it right now and putting together our application for accreditation. Looks at you know, So it's up and going. It's, that, it's up and okay. going, yes. I, I'm not sure if the first applications have been received now, but they will be within the next couple of months. Um, and then probably you'll see a first accreditation actually issued from that uh, I would say probably sometime this summer uh, come out of that. They're going to look at um, you know your your financial controls, your governance, how you communicate with members, uh, what kind of information are you providing to the members about how much has been received, how much has been shared, how much is used for administrative expenses mm-hmm. to make sure that they know where their dollars are going. And they're going to look at all the things that that an HCSM does in order to to ensure that consumers are being protected. Okay. So as, as we uh, start to wrap up here, tell me your thoughts on the future. You were, we've talked about mm-hmm. the uh, alliance and accreditation, but the future for healthcare sharing ministries, uh, is it bright? Uh, do you think uh, some states are going to come down on healthcare sharing ministries? What's the future look like for? I, I think it's fairly bright. Um, you know, as regulators and legislators across the country, trend in certain areas towards this more one-size-fits-all health insurance, healthcare kind of scheme, there are going to be a lot of consumers that are looking for something else, something that fits their values, fits their belief system. And that's where HCSMs come in. Um, I I think it's going to be a little bit bumpy along the way. 
we've seen some healthcare sharing ministries or pur- purported healthcare sharing ministries in the last few years that have uh, that have hard, harmed some consumers. And so I think there's going to be a reaction to that, uh, which is justified and, and legitimate. Um, but we're going to have to deal with that. And, and I think a lot of the HCSMs that do things the right way welcome some a little bit more oversight in that regard. But I think the future is very bright. There's always going to be a marketplace for people who are looking uh, for something that fits them better than the large health insurance marketplace. Um, I think the accreditation process that the Alliance has stood up is going to give regulators a lot more comfort uh, over the consumer protections that are in place in these organizations, which will lend a lot more credibility to them going forward. Yeah, that's good. I think, again, just to reiterate to folks that, uh, you know, it can be an affordable option. Uh, you do need to realize what you're getting and, and mm-hmm. not getting. You're going to have uh, if folks are used to certain state mandates that every plan has to cover. Well, healthcare sharing ministries don't have to cover those as as a within all those those mandates, and which allows it to be more affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you just need to know what that is. You know, transplants that on an individual health plan on, on the ACA. You're not going to have that same kind of coverage on a healthcare sharing ministry. You'll have a lower cap on that, correct? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, but it allows us to be a lot more flexible as well. You know, when when the pandemic hit, and the health insurers were looking around to how do we cover this? How do we cover that? What about the vaccines? How are we going to do this? We just looked at it and said, okay, that's going to be eligible for sharing, and moved on. We didn't have to have any forms approved. We didn't have to look to any changes in law or you know emergency acts from a governor or anyone like that. We just looked at what our members were going to need uh, as they moved forward. We made a decision and we went with it. Um, yeah. So there's, it's a lot different. It's not going to cover everything that people are used to. They're going to have to go into it with their eyes wide open and know what they're getting into. But we're able to be a lot more flexible and a lot more responsive to our members as well. That's good. So folks want to learn more about the healthcare sharing ministries. That's right. Where would you direct them? I would direct them to the Alliance. Other than the Oklahoma Insurance Department website. Yeah. The Alliance of Healthcare Sharing Ministries is going to be the best way. Just Google Alliance of Healthcare Sharing Ministries. I think it's ahcsm.com or .org. I'm not sure. Uh, And then onesharehealth.com is where we're located. You'll, You'll learn a lot more about us there. Okay. Very good. So, buddy, thank you for coming on and uh, educating us on healthcare sharing ministries. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, working together as you guys navigate some of those things uh, in the future. Yeah, so thanks for having me. That wraps up our, our uh, Mulready Minute podcast. We'll see you next time. If you found this episode informative, please subscribe and share with your colleagues. Visit oid.ok.gov slash podcast. Let us know what topics you would like to hear about on this podcast. Until next time, take care from the Oklahoma Insurance Department.